0: And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And from Sci-Fi Talk Plus, the Mix 100 continues with Justice Society of America World War II, where the Flash of our time ends up fighting the Nazis during World War II. Today, I look at Justice Society World War II. I love New Frontier, and it's great to revisit this period piece superhero movie. Matt Bomer, who you remember once voiced Superman, is now voicing The Flash.
1: The Flash's challenges in this particular film are are that he really is a fish out of water. He suddenly finds himself in these extraordinary circumstances. He doesn't really understand where he is or what's going on. And the rabbit hole only gets deeper as he goes. On top of that, he's trying to ingratiate himself to uh, the Justice Society of America, who basically see him as an interloper. They don't really know what's going on with him. And take on, to me, one of the scariest uh, foes possible, not only the Nazi army, but uh, someone who's ultimately controlling them called the advisor who has the ability of mind control. So the odds are really stacked against him from the get-go.
0: There's more of number 25 of the Mix 100 from Sci-Fi Talk Plus, Justice Society of America, World War II, in a moment. Dana Kaddick, she gives her thoughts on W.W.
2: I feel at this stage that Wonder Woman is a part of the zeitgeist. I mean, I grew up with uh, some of the reruns of the old Wonder Woman TV show. So I feel like a combination of the TV show, the film that just recently came out, along with all of the other sort of online and and comic book versions and televised versions of the character just have made it very much a part of my growing up and my consciousness so um very familiar ultimately i feel like almost every girl in the northwestern quadrant of earth is you know familiar with wonder woman and probably has it as a beacon of um a possibility for her in that sort of superhero warrior-esque way you know
0: Liam McIntyre voices the King of Atlantis, Aquaman, in Justice Society World War II. So, how does Aquaman sound in this version?
3: Uh, Well, developing the voice for Aquaman was uh, very much a team effort. We sort of all sat down and sort of worked out, was he kingly? Um, You know, is he very regal and, you know, resonant and, and, you know, sort of decrees everywhere sort of thing? But um, based on the character art that we're going with, he's not... He's he's not that version of Aquaman. So he he's it's um, kind sort of mid-Atlantic, which seems appropriate for an Atlantean, uh, and and you know sort of straddling that line between American and British, and and but still with a with an authoritative kind of presence, which is kind of darkened by the force sitting on top of him that's kind of guiding him. But um, it was important to not. Telegraph that he was he was under control or anything like that, so it, yeah just just finding this powerful but not too overblown voice that sort of sits in between England and America
0: and what about his attitude
3: the a- attitude that I, I choose for Aquaman he's i mean he's a god king essentially you know so he's um, he's always in control uh, he's always the last word on everything, so he has a certain <clears throat> uh, expectation to to be right to be definitive to be listened to so to to give him, imbue him with that sort of powerful energy which again is fascinating because he doesn't realize that the choices he's making may not be the choices he would make if he was free to, to make those choices so it's a funny way to create a sort of pseudo villain where he's so authoritative and in a different world he would that would be fantastic because he would you know the, the lord of the seas you you want that but with this, um, you know, shroud over him, it's, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of scary.
0: Chris Diamondopoulos is the voice of Steve Trevor in Justice Society World War II.
4: I think Steve Trevor embodies that sort of archetypal hero position. And what's great about that is that he's well aware of and loves the fact that he's actually in the shadow of the main hero. And and he loves, and he even calls, Steve Trevor calls himself Wonder Woman's boyfriend. He, he calls it out as a badge of honor. His mindset is resolute that we can't sit out, you know, the U.S. cannot sit on the sidelines and watch Hitler and the Nazis march through Poland, march through Europe, take Russia, and and do nothing. And so in the beginning of the film, Steve Trevor is... Um, passionately uh, speaking to the president to to Roosevelt saying we got to do something and I think I know what to do and and effectively what uh, what's happening is he mentions that so Steve Trevor mentions that Hitler is fascinated with the occult and has his his Nazis going all over the globe looking for ancient artifacts and the president says to him well you know, if you want to stop them from doing this, do you have in mind, you know, who is going to help us with this? And Steve Trevor, of course, knows exactly
1: who he's going to call upon. It's wonderful.
0: More from Sci-Fi Talk Plus is the Mix 100 in a moment. Jeffrey Armand voices the advisor in Justice Society World War II.
5: The advisor, Charles Halstead, is, is working very closely with Aquaman, and he is a m- manipulator. He is a Bengali of sorts. So that brought me to a place of, you know, sort of a liquid kind of, you know, language, an enjoyment of language, but also an enjoyment of pushing his voice into the other person's body on being bad. It's always fun to play a villain. It's always fun to play somebody who's who's directing others to do his bidding, his or her bidding. So, it's the kind of role that you can lean into more, which is which as opposed to a hero, which takes more of an upright stance. This guy is reveling being in the shadows and watching his plans come to fruition.
0: Here's more on voicing the Flash for Matt Palmer.
1: I love playing the Flash. I love his impulsivity. I love his his energy. I mean it's like he's just had a Red Bull. He's just had a, several caffeinated beverages. He's just so he, there's an enthusiasm about him. There's a woodiness about him. There's a um his his witticisms, his jokes, his little one-liners, and his ability to have a little bit of a sense of humor no matter, no matter how serious and scary the situation is, almost as a coping mechanism. I love that. I love the fact that he's a romantic in this um, and that he's just, you know, somebody who really, uh, as the character has always been, somebody who really wants to help. He's there to really try to help in whatever circumstance he's in, to help in in whatever way he can. And I think that's a really admirable quality as well. Being part of the legacy of Wonder Woman.
2: And then as far as like any of the characters and the performances before, I love all of them. I really do because I feel like it's been a game changer. Like the research that I've done on Wonder Woman from the beginning was that it was meant to be a game changer for comic books in general. Um, that's what William Marston, hello, nerdy caddick, um, wanted, uh, for the comic book world. Uh, he wanted to create a character that was a woman who led in a non-predatory fashion. I really like that. I really like that about her. I really like that about the, the creative force behind her.
0: And on the film itself, Justice Society World War II. It's brave. It's exciting. It's different. Um...
3: It's it's certainly a, a a take on this universe that I haven't personally seen, and that was a bit of a thrill. It's it's it doesn't pull punches, um, and it's because it's, it's it's the um, it's a new genesis of, of this story. So it's it's it of this of this like a new timeline. So it's beginning a new journey for these characters, which. I really want to see where it goes. I think the best thing I can say for the story is you get to the end of it and go, oh, good. Now what happens? So where do we go from here? Which is the you know, the basis of any good story. So that's fun.
4: What about playing Steve and JS? It's been a blast playing Steve Trevor. I feel like when I was a little kid, anytime I played with action figures or sort of, you know, made believe... The Steve Trevor type character was always the kind that I gravitated toward. There's something, you know, you know, that that sort of roguish, rakish, Han Solo, Indiana Jones esque quality. But what's great about it is then that 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 it that right on top of that is this super powerful, incredible woman and his recognition of his limitations, and his limitations in this instance are blaringly obvious next to Wonder Woman, and yet his spirit and his verve and his bravery are ever-present. So I think I just love, I love the one-liners. What's great about Steve Trevor, you know, existing in the 1940s is the writers have some great creative license with some 40s vernacular, and so it was a lot of fun.
0: Actors do have that unique ability to play something other than yourself.
4: You know what, in my normal self,
5: I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a gentleman, I'm trying to be kind. And so when you get a chance to be the worst part of humanity, you know, in a pretend sense, you got it's fun to lean into it.
1: This story really hit him. I was really moved by this story. Um, I thought the characters were all really developed, which is very hard to do when you're dealing with a team. Everybody had a really specific voice and and a really specific journey over the course of the film. So it it was a, a very emotional film as well, and also a very romantic film. Uh, I think the fact that Barry has come to this world and seen this romance between Wonder Woman and Steve and, and realized that time is so precious and that we always put off till tomorrow the things we could do today and to really live every moment like it's our last is something he brings back to his earth.
0: He likes the fact that Steve has no powers unlike his other teammates.
4: So, you know, it's funny. Playing Steve Trevor, I'm effectively the only hero in the movie that doesn't have superpowers. I think there's something kinda cool about that. I think that he becomes our voice and our lens into these people. We've gotten so used to superheroes by virtue of how ubiquitous they've become in popular culture that we can take for granted um, some of the laws of physics that are broken by their abilities. And I think what's great about Steve Trevor is even being an intimate of theirs, he's still awed by what it is that they can do.
0: Wonder Woman cares, and that's what it has endeared her to fans like me for many, many years.
2: The story of a person who cares about a group of people who are compromised for no reason other than the they are not a commodity that's valued by another group. The story of fighting evil in that way just resonated with me so clearly that I tried to bring truth to those moments that we could bring that sort of element into it.
0: You can get Justice Society World War II on Blu-ray and look for it on Max. A great podcasting gift is Sci-Fi Talk Plus, Not only for you, but also for your friends and family. You can listen to 900 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and even special programs. Best part, it's totally free. Click on the link in the show notes for free lifetime access. This is Tony Talon.